This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here at Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. We are here for you. We're here for your pets. We're also here live on Instagram. So if you have any questions, anything, there's a Gordon coming on. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Uh, probiotics and antibiotics. And behind the weakness in a pregnant dog. Oh my God, all these great stuff. So um, anyway, a couple of easy ways to get a hold of me. Uh, of course, you can join me here live on Pet Life Radio. That's the best way. 877-385-8882. That's the not so best way. That's the good old fashioned phone. 877-385-8882. Better yet, you go on to uh, PetLifeRadio.com, click on shows, scroll to Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. There is a Zoom link left there for you. You just click on the link and you will be joining us live. Here on Instagram, you're already live. The only thing I can't do is I can't let you join the show because it, it does something to my screen and I can't see how the end coming up, but ask away questions. If there's something we don't get to, you can always reach out to me directly on Instagram or on Pet Life Radio. And um, I'm Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com or Werbs underscore DVM. If you put Dr. Jeff Werber, you'll find me anyway here on um, Instagram Live. So while we're here, I was going to have a, some things to talk about because I always have things to talk about, but do probiotics help if they get constipated? Uh, yes, but probiotics are great for digestive and for intestinal health. But for constipation, you also want to soften up the stool a little bit. And the best way to do it, I mean, there are some commercial products you can use that they use in people. I think that's overkill for, to start. I would start simple. My favorite rule, the KISS rule, keep it simple, stupid. And that is just to use some fiber, added fiber, bran, cooked oatmeal, cooked sweet potato, cooked yams, canned pumpkin, at about, depending on the size of your dog, anywhere from a quarter to two tablespoons, from a little dog to a, to a Great Dane, mixed in with their food. And that should soften up the stool and that should make it a little bit easier for them to defecate. I'm wondering if you could share what can hind the weakest a pregnant dog. Um, well, first of all, depending on this, the age of the dog, but first of all, clearly, where do dogs, pregnant dogs, hold most of their weight? It's towards the, the second half of the back end, right? So it's in the abdomen. You look at the end of the rib cage as the midway point, it is behind that. So that puts a lot of weight and a lot of pressure on them. So depending on the dog, the breed, what condition they were in initially, so it could be just as simple as the added weight causing them, giving them problems. Then on top of that, you have the problem of potential impingement on certain nerves because of the pregnancy, because of the big belly, because of the puppies inside, and therefore it's a neuropathy as well as just the poor weakness in strength because of the added weight of the pregnancy. So um, would I would recommend anything? No, I mean, I would imagine, I'm hoping this is towards the end of pregnancy where she maybe only has another couple of weeks left. If this is the beginning of pregnancy, obviously I'd think more neuropathy or I would look for other things. Um, I will tell you there are a lot of dogs out there, pregnancy through term, and don't have these problems. So again, the kiss rule, keep it simple. It could be just simply the weight and some sort of neuropathy because of the positioning of the expanded uteri, the horns of the uterus and the puppies inside, or don't put the blinders on. It could be something other, something totally unrelated. All right, probiotics drugs after minute antibiotics. Absolutely. That's what the whole probiotics, one of the things it does is, is help gut health. And a lot of times when animals are on antibiotics or people are on antibiotics, we also have that problem of disrupting some of the good flora, the normal bacteria. That's where probiotics come into play. So if animals are on antibiotics and there, there seems to be an imbalance created 
in their gut because of the antibiotics. Diarrhea, for example, it would be a really good idea to put them on probiotics. The real question is, do they need probiotics all the time? And that's where you, you, know, you get the difference of opinion. My feeling is it can't hurt. And if the dog likes the probiotic preparation you're using and they seem to be doing well, keep it going. That's okay. There are always going to be challenges to the gut. So why not just have them on probiotics? Others say, no, use them as needed. And that's okay too. I don't think there's a right answer, a wrong answer. Questions, questions, questions. Ah, uh, we talked about should a dog start antibiotics, probiotics after antibiotics. Which probiotic to recommend? There's so many probiotics out there. You know, I have the Daily Canine Care, which is a brand that I'm involved in. But you know, there are tons of probiotics. Mut gut, mut gut is great. Mut gut, look it up. It's actually I like it because it's a probiotic, prebiotic, which has fiber and a postbiotic. So it's a powder. You can look it up online called Mut Gut. I'm very impressed with them. And as I said, many of my patients love Mut Gut. Okay. And, and really, if you have animals that are having like digestive issues and diarrhea, it seems to help a lot as well. Okay. So I wanted to talk about something I didn't get to last week. And I thought that was really cool. And I didn't know what it was either because I don't really do avians anymore. I mean, obviously, I learned about it in school, but I'm, I'm not an avian vet. So another one, Mama Sue says Pawfi uh, or Pawfi. I'm not familiar with it, but if you've used it, and oh, and my sister, Bethany, loves the mutt gut. I gave her some samples to try. And in fact, if you want to cite some samples, let me know because um, I'm doing a study. I have to follow up. I'm, everyone who I give mutt gut to is, I'm writing it down, give it to them for free. It's really cool. Okay. So um, may as well get to it. Which by the way, this is great. And this is why I want even you guys at Pet Life Radio, bring in the questions. Even if you don't want to join us, you can type them in. If you join online, you don't have to show your face. Just give me some questions and we'll answer them. You can always during the week get a hold of me at Dr. Jeff, PetLifeRadio.com. And I will answer your questions either to you personally, or if there's a really good question, I'm going to save it online for the next show. So running in the beach, could that cause joint? So here's the thing. It's a little harder for them to run on sand because every time they take a step, they kind of dip a little bit. So their muscles work harder, which is interestingly, by the way, when we have dogs that are recuperating and we want them to use a limb, say after a surgery, but they're so used to walking three-legged and dogs, it's not a problem for them to walk three-legged. They don't mind. So they won't test the leg after like a cruciate surgery or something like that. And at this, like, you know, two, three weeks out, we want them to start using it. What do I recommend? Two things. Number one, go to the beach. Because when you're walking on sand, it's really hard to be three-legged because you really got to dig in. And so it forces you to use that leg that had the surgery leg. Other things that are really good, this is a good thing, just keep in the back of your mind if you ever need it. And that is walking up incline. So if you have a neighbor who's got a, you know, an incline grass in front of their house, walk up that incline. Again, very difficult to hop three-legged on an incline. So those two things are very useful. So I can imagine that if a dog is running on the beach, it could be either check the pads for sure, because when the pads are, if sand gets really hot, as you know, so if you're at the beach and you don't want to walk in the sand or, you know, you get to the point where you're wearing your flops and all of a sudden you'll have to run to your towel or into the, the water, you know, that sand is hot. Well, it's hot for your dogs as well. So it could be just some mild burning on the pads of their feet or abrasion, callus, et cetera, depending on how active they were. So all these things to consider, but it certainly could be related to being on the beach. Todd, my 14-month-old male Aussie has seizures about 20 seconds last as I started the CBD oil from Healthy Paws. Come brings him down a lot. No sense. Ah, all right. So here's the thing. First of all, when it comes to seizures, it's a 14-month-old dog. So most likely it's not a brain tumor. Is it impossible? Never impossible. But more likely, but I will tell you at 14 months, it's also a little young for epilepsy. 
So that means we're kind of in that in between. Is this dog 14 months old? Dog will put everything into his mouth. Is he eating something that is predisposing him to the seizures? Is he on one of the new isoxazoline flea and tick medications? Nexgard, Brevecto, Cordelio, Simperica. Those also have been implicated. And if a dog has a predisposition to seizures, it might induce seizures. So again, that's a possibility. Let's say it's everything's perfect. Take them in for lab work. Everything is perfect. Then I would recommend treating for epilepsy. Now, one thing, however, is that when the CBD oil, by the way, is fine if it works. Now, was this a first seizure? Have there been others? If this is one seizure out of the blue, I do nothing. If a dog is healthy in every other way and has a seizure randomly out of the blue, I say, you know what? Let's wait. If he doesn't have another seizure, you're good. If he has a seizure six months later, you're probably still good. Because if you've got a seizure every six months, even if it's epilepsy, which is likely to be because there's no other reason if you have a really bad brain lesion, you're going to have a seizure every six months. And one of the differentiating factors I always recommend is that when you have a dog who seizes, and then after the seizure, they are 100% totally normal, then having a brain lesion is really lower on my list. Because typically dogs with some sort of brain lesion, brain dysfunction, they are going to be abnormal even when they're not seizing. There'll be something about them that's just off, whether it's dementia, whether it's apparent blindness, whether walking into corners, something about them is going to be, hmm, he's not normal. But when they're 100% normal and they have a seizure and after the seizure, they're 100% normal again, most likely either something other, something that they ate, or if, it's, if there is some regularity down the road, like every quarter, every half a year, I would think epilepsy. And then the decision to treat is up to you and your vet. My feeling is that because even with treatment, dogs are still going to seize at least every six months, maybe even sooner. So therefore, I am not going to necessarily treat them right away. Okay. Now, uh, Luxanic Patellas, give her Dasequin, MSM, suggested. Okay. So first of all, Chihuahuas are notorious, as many small breeds are, to Luxanic Patellas. MPL, it's called medial patella luxation. And that's basically what happens is that physiologically and skeletally, the patellar or femoral groove is a bit shallow, number one. And number two, the patella ligament attaches the patella to what was called the tibial crest. And in these small breeds, the tibial crest actually is a bit medially displaced. So the natural pull, the inclination is to pull that patella out of the groove, off of the groove, and to luxate medially. So the surgeon will go ahead and do three things, actually. Number one, deepen the groove. They do that. They'll cut the cartilage out. They'll take a, a bone rasp, deepen the groove, put the cartilage back on, and now you have a much deeper groove. Number two, they do what's called a tibial crest transposition. They take that tibial crest, which is now medially displaced, and they'll move it laterally directly below the quadriceps muscle group, the femoral groove, and now the tibial crest. So the insertion of that patella ligament, all right, is going to go straight down from the patella to the same body position it should normally be. Think of think of a of a uh, a uh, my, my cat got in here and that's he's shaking the stand, the phone stand. So one of my cats, he's the he's the most social of all the cats. He thinks he's a dog. Well, all my cats think they're dogs actually, except for one. But this one I think is a dog. So anyway, so if you think about crease of a pair of pants, so it goes down the center of the slacks, right? Goes over the knee and goes straight down the tibia. Well, what's happening is, is that, that imagine if that lower part of the crease is moved to the right, to a little bit medially, right? Depending on which leg it is, right? If it's the, uh, your left leg, then you know that, that the pull of the patella is going to be in that direction. 
So you need to straighten it out. And then the last thing they do is something take the joint and do called the joint capsule imbrication. That means they tighten the joint capsule to make it more difficult for the patella to move into the wrong location. So it's often a, a surgical disease. In the meantime, if it's not causing a major problem, something like gasoquin, which is glucosamine chondroitin MSM, that is fine. Um, it's, it's a great product. We have it. Uh, there's a lot of also generic versions out there of just chondroitin, glucosamine, and MSM, and they work very well also. So uh, anyway, Dasquin's great. It's chewable. The dogs usually love it. All right, Todd, blood work had three seizures so far. Okay. So now, by the way, thank you so much. If the seizures were really close to the original one, sometimes when dogs have seizures, it's kind of like having aftershocks. So it might be the same event. But if they're separated by weeks and dog has had three blood tests, three seizures, and the blood work was perfect, I'm thinking epilepsy. So what I would recommend, talk to a veterinarian, and I would start treatment for epilepsy. There are a number of treatments out there. In the meantime, uh, you could try CBD on that one too, because that seems to help. And um, things like phenobarbital, things like Keppra, KBR, potassium bromide, which is more of a supplement, and it potentiates the effect of the, the phenobarbital. So we can get away with less phenobarbital by adding KBR, potassium bromide. So talk to your vet and uh, and that's good. Okay, so I knew you'd get me talking. So anyway, let me, uh, we, we have a, I never even got to my story. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back after these short messages and don't go away. And then if you have any more questions, now's the time to ask. And when we come back, we'll address them for the both audiences, Pet Life Radio and Instagram. We'll be back in a minute. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> And welcome back. You're live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff, along with my Instagram Live, and getting a lot of great, great questions. So I wanted to go through some of these stories that I thought were pretty cool. Number one, called feather imping. What does that mean? So basically, it's a surgical procedure, all right, where it helps injured raptors fly again. It's a surgical replacement of damaged feathers with the same feather from a deceased bird. So apparently, there's some anatomical importance of having the same feather and they take it from a, a deceased bird and they replace it they transplant it into the same area of the feather that is malfunctioning and uh, it seems to work i think that is so cool so that's called feather imping and the other thing was a very sad story um, we always talked about and i still i'm feel very strongly about it that cats can get covid19 but they usually don't die from it now, here is one sad story. At the, at the Columbus Zoo, an Amur tiger actually died from COVID-19, and it was there, the, the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium. 
Now, he was undergoing treatment for a long-term chronic disease, and this is the key, which then made him a little bit more vulnerable and finally he succumbed to pneumonia. So being very careful here, I don't think, nor do they, that it was because directly because of the COVID-19. They usually recover. But because he was on medication for another chronic disease, then it was it weakened his immune system. And so the pneumonia, obviously that, that part did come from COVID-19. He wasn't able to beat the pneumonia this time. So still, I want to make it very clear that not to worry, your cat, you're not going to get COVID from your cats. However, they might be able to get it from you. If they do, they don't get sick at very get minimally, minimally sick. I wouldn't say they don't get sick at all. They do, but it's very minimal. So um, you want to uh, keep that in mind. So interesting, we talked about leptospirosis. We had a big scare of it in uh, West Los Angeles, oh, probably about four, five, six months ago. It's kind of died down, but check this out. Small male dogs in cities have a higher leptospirosis risk, all right? These are areas with high rodent population and numerous stagnant water sources. So for example, New York City, big cities, mostly really, really um, urban areas that have rat issues, rodent issues, you might still want to have your small dogs, male dogs, because you know they're the ones that are getting their nose stuck in places, and they're and they're, and a lot of the small dogs are terriers. And what are terriers? They're ratters. So, so it just makes sense. So talk to your veterinarian, of course. But if you were not going to, because the threat seemed to have died down, you might want to talk to your vet and maybe wise to get the vaccine. And I will warn you because I warn my own clients. Of all the vaccines we give, the one that seems to bring on the most severe vaccine reaction is the lepto. So, you know, you got to weigh the good and the bad. If you think there's going to be potential exposure, it might be worth it. I personally have not had a dog die from a lepto vaccine reaction. However, if you go into literature, there have been some mysterious deaths after the lepto vaccine. Certainly, it's not a big problem as far as percent, but it still happens. Oh, this is very cute. I love this one. This is great. All right. Sixth grade students in New Orleans used a 3D printer. Sixth grade. I couldn't even do it now. I wouldn't know how to work it. They used a 3D printer to make prosthetic paws for two dogs. One was abused. It was missing a back paw. And the other one didn't give a history as to why. But how crazy is that? The students customized the prosthesis to fit the dogs. And the problem was how they got involved in this project is that the rescue group could not afford to do the prostheses. So the sixth grade class, I guess in their whatever class, where do you learn to 3D print in sixth grade? But whatever class that was, I want to take it. And uh, I'm going to New Orleans. So anyway, I'm going back. I'm going to go sixth grade again. But anyway, isn't that great? And the dogs are doing very well. Now, we talked about the cities, urban areas, and the rodents and leptospirosis. Here's another one to be careful of. City parks are prime Toxicara transmission sites. Toxicara is roundworms. And in fact, the pinworms in children is also a Toxicara type parasite. That's a roundworm. The larva picked up by kids playing in either the sand or soil, like sandboxes at a park, where infected dogs and cats happen to leave a little present in the sand. I mean, can you imagine a cat going to a sandbox saying, oh my God, this is great. Look at the size of this litter box. I'm going to bring my, all my friends over here too. This is fantastic. But so anyway, in those droppings, if they have roundworms and then the kids go and play and they touch the poop, it's dried, but they don't wash their hands and they go they put their fingers in the mouth or they go eat their peanut butter and jelly sandwich, whatever. And, um, and before you know it, they get infected. 
Fortunately, we see it more in third world countries. I guess we are much better at this. So the recommendations are make sure the kids wash their hands if they're going to a park, uh, not picking things up with their hands and sticking their fingers in their mouth. But what are the signs if, if, if it should happen? And it's not common, but it would be rashes, possibility, coughing because it gets into the lungs, abdominal pain from the intestine, and very rarely you can get visceral larva migraines, which is a traveling larva of the parasite gets into the gut, or you can have ocular larva migraines, and that's where it gets into the optic nerve, and it can cause blindness, a simple benign parasite larva that usually doesn't cause symptoms at all, depending where it lodges. But if it lodges in the ocular nerve, OLM, ocular larva migraines, it actually could cause blindness. That's really, really bad, clearly. All right, here's another one. If you have dogs and your neighbors have dogs and their neighbors have dogs, okay, that's really good for crime. To prevent crime, it's not good for crime. It's bad for crime. It's good to prevent crime. So crime rates are lower in neighborhoods with many pet dogs. And interestingly, you would think that these robbers, these bad people that are coming in, right, and, and they want to steal from your home and they want to invade or they want to vandalize, they hear all these dogs barking, knock on the door, they're not going there, I'm going next door. If next door has a dog, I'm going next door. Before you know it, they have no place to go. But it's more than that. It's when people have dogs in a neighborhood, they are usually walking their dogs. So they're out and about all different times during the day, depending on when you walk your dogs and how often, how many times a day. So for any potential assailant that they see, oh my God, there are too many people around and there are too many dogs around. So that in of itself, just by seeing people out and about and seeing dogs, and most people don't stroll for the hell of it. Some people dog take walks, of course, but when you have dogs, you got to walk them. So that seems to statistically lower crime rates in areas where people have a lot of dogs. So um, that's good because I have five and I got to walk all five. I think anyone who tries to get into my yard is a moron. So, uh, but let him try. Let him try. Let him eat uh, Tommy, my, my uh, 80 pound yellow Labrador. Go for it. Who does not like strangers? Ah, so two questions you want to get to, but hang on a second. Oh, again, hot weather, another warning of heat stroke. Let's face it, high heat, humidity, certain areas. I just talked to somebody this morning on AirVet from Texas, and it was blistering hot. Their poor dog was panting like crazy. So limit strenuous exercise, especially in the middle of the day. To keep it for very early in the morning, late in the evening, make sure this pavement is still not very hot if it's late in the evening, because remember, that pavement, that asphalt blacktop retains heat. Shade, ample shade fresh water at all times. And as much as you can, indoor air condition time is best. Now, just also, it's very important to read the signs, excessive panting, weakness, not wanting to get up. There does that tongue could go out of the mouth anymore. That sign. If you don't have a rectal thermometer, and anyone who has small kids has a rectal thermometer, but most people don't, and even if you did, you wouldn't want to use it for your own kids anyway. So get a doggy rectal thermometer. It's the same rectal thermometer. Just earmark it for Bowser or Rover, you know, kind of thing. And um, so no, no mistake, you know, you don't put it in your mouth at some point. They're digital. They can go either way. And uh, take a temperature. Dog's normal temperature is 100.5 up to 102.5. In the hot weather, can it be 103? Yeah. But if it's 104 or 105, you got problems. So you need to talk to your vet. Also learn how to cool your dog down. It's not sticking them in an ice bath. It is not. Once again, you don't stick them in an ice bath. You don't wrap them in ice cold water because that shocks them. It's too soon, too fast. What you want to do is get regular tap water, you know, 
cool water, normal temperature water, and then wet them down gently, maybe dampen a towel, wet a towel, wring it out a little bit and drape it over them. You can wipe their pads. Sometimes you can put a little alcohol on their pads, but you want to bring the temperature down slowly and make sure they get plenty of water. All right, two questions over here. One was about uh, what can cause high calcium. So um, in a dog that's normal. So first of all, one of the things that we see with high calcium, we see it elevated depending on the dog and how old the dog is. Certain cancers have a paraneoplastic syndrome. And one of the things that does is raise calcium. So if you have calcium up 12, 12 and a half, 13, I'd be looking in a dog that seems okay blood-wise, I'd be looking for a cancer somewhere, likely lymphoma. So um, just keep that in mind. Other things are parathyroid problems. So you can have calcium imbalance from parathyroid issues as well. And there's some tests that can be run. So if this is persistent, there's no evidence of cancers anywhere, no evidence of lymphoma. So anyway, keep that in mind. That's a possibility. And the other question was forbid. You know, yeah, as I said, any of these things, it's going to work on some animals. It's not going to work. Forbid was the hydrolyzed vegetable protein that is supposed to stop coprophagia. If those things don't work and there are other products out there that are like that, then go to the spiking the poop we talked about. Come up with a mixture, as hot stuff as you can tell, and just pour it on and see if that, that helps the problem. So um, I think that's what we have time for. Yeah, we do. So great. Thanks for joining me here at Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining me here on Instagram Live. Uh, again, if you have any questions, please send them to me directly either at drjeff at petliferadio.com or here on Instagram, you can send me a direct private message. And of course, you can always get me on AirVet. If you haven't signed up yet, sign up on AirVet. And that'll give you 24-7 access to either me or a veterinarian somewhere in the country. I got to tell you, with emergency clinics backed up as they are, I mean, literally, the ones I talked to from Texas today, a seven-hour wait, you know, I would still tell you that the vast majority of quote-unquote emergencies aren't. And uh, if you had a chance to talk to a vet on video, the veterinarian can see your pet and talk to you, ask you questions, direct communication. You might find out, you know what, I can wait till tomorrow and see my regular vet. Or I can try XYZ and not have to go to the vet at all. So it depends what it is, but take advantage of it. All right. Otherwise, we will see you here next week. Same bat time, same bat channel here on Pet Life Radio, here on Instagram Live. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Stay healthy and keep your dogs and cats healthy and cool. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.